0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the program. Please uh, focus up here. Get those earbuds crammed in those little holes there. Sit down. Shut up. And listen to me for a little while here. Got some things to get to. It's uh, episode number fifty-five, folks. If you can't believe it, if we're talking about the NHL, we're talking about number fifty-five, Larry Murphy. Might be a little unknown to some of you. That might sound crazier to the older crowd, but I'm sure the casual hockey fan, maybe someone from the younger generation, doesn't typically think of Larry Murphy, but one does not typically think of the number 55, am I right? Anyways, let's get to this. We have a lot to get through. We're at number 55 with the Pittsburgh Penguins in 90 to 95, the Toronto Maple Leafs in 90 to 97, and the Detroit Red Wings in 97 to 2001, which what a weird way to write that down. His career stats are 1,217 points in 1,615 NHL games. That's 288 goals, 929 assists. Murphy won the Stanley Cup twice, each with the Pittsburgh Penguins in 91 and 92 and the Detroit Red Wings in 97 and 98, two back-to-backs. That's kind of nails. All while wearing the number 55. He was a skilled skilled defenseman, a skilled offensive defenseman, he ranks fifth all time among defensemen in points and is fo- fourth in assists. He was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2004. Mercer wore number five with the LA Kings and number eight with the Washington Capitals and Minnesota North Stars. However, with each number already being worn when the Penguins acquired him in a trade with the Minnesota, I don't know, it must have been the North Stars at that time, in December 11th of 1990, he opted for number 55 and he kept it the rest of his career. Pretty sick, though. Back to back cups on two different occasions. That's pretty sick, and a name I don't think probably gets tossed around very much. Hall of Famer though, and he's good for fifth all time in defensive points. We'll take that. Okay, that's a good number, fifty-five. Moving on to the MLB, there's Oral Hershiser. He may very well be the best, if not the best pitcher that's not in the Hall of Fame. He was arguably. He also possesses one of the most underrated records of all time that might never be broken. He went fifty-nine innings straight with no runs against him he did that in 1988 he was nicknamed the Bulldog he pitched 18 seasons and was the National League Cy Young award winner and World Series MVP in 1988 he struck out 5.8 batters per nine innings over his career and he is currently an analyst for ESPN and a side note he is also now a pro poker player Well, I'll be fucking damned, Oral. Good for you. And then we got Junior Seau for talking about the NFL. He was a linebacker for the San Diego Chargers, the Miami Dolphins, the New England Patriots from 1990 to 2009. 19 years, 20 seasons, sorry. An explosive tackling machine during his 20 seasons in the NFL. Junior Seau, I think I'm saying that correctly, Seau, Seau recorded 56.5 sacks and 29 forced turnovers. He earned 12 trips to the Pro Bowl and played on two different Super Bowl teams. In the 1994 AFC Championship game, he played through a pinched nerve in his neck and collected 16 tackles and led the Chargers to an upset victory. Junior Seau, can I get a little bit of a hey-hey, what do you say for him now? God, I'll be damned. Oh, I love this guy. If we're talking about the NBA, it's Dikembe Mutombo. Number 55, only two players were worth mentioning who wore the jersey number 55. It was Kiki Vanderwege, I don't know if I'm saying that right, and Dikembe Mutombo. The edge went to Mutombo because even though he wasn't not an elite scorer, he was an elite defensive player. In Mutombo's 18-year career, he averaged 9.8 points, 10.3 rebounds, an assist, 2.8 blocks on 51.8% shooting, and he was 68 Point four from the free flow line he was also a defensive player of the year in the league four different times wow good for you Dikembe he was the guy that did the finger wave and I forget who did it I think it was the guy in the pacers he like slammed one down his throat and then he did like the wave back to him that's all I remember it's the finger wave all right I don't know why I'm just gonna keep doing that folks I like the numbers I like doing this for my own mental capacity now I think I'll be able to remember these random stats as a kid I could have studied for hours could have read books could have wrote my notes down um, could have talked about it with a classmate and not not retained anything come test time or come any you know now looking back upon what I've learned in many classes not a lot of retention there but for some reason if you get me to quickly look at a stat on elite prospects maybe a baseball reference site some sort of stat line, I could look at it once and I'll remember it. It could be some John Doe playing junior B up in northern British Columbia or some guy playing baseball down in like a D3 Juco school down south. I could look at a stat line and I'll remember it. It's a weird, weird skill that I, it's incredibly not useful, but maybe it will be. Maybe I'll change that into some sort of other Knowledge, folks, it's a big week here. It's, it's Thursday, it's January 20th, tw- 20th, Um, I'm getting back-to-back Thursday episodes out. Not sure why that's the case, that's just the way it's going. This is a weekly show. There are, There are episodes being derived weekly, I cannot stress that enough. Make sure you're staying tuned in. I didn't make any social media posts for the episode last week. I don't know if that even really affects it the traction I am getting on my Instagram account is absolute zero. It's not good. Is it? But again, I've, I think I've reiterated this before. Like, what do you do as a, as a, as a podcaster and count? Do you follow everyone and then no one follows you back? And it's a tough look when someone looks at you and you have a bad follower ratio. Some people listening to this, I know a demographic of people listening to this won't think that matters. That matters from a marketing perspective. Or if you look at someone who's, f- who's following a lot of people, you know, you might not think that's very virtuous either. You probably want to see a guy who's following under 10 people, maybe zero people. That's usually a sign of a nail gun. And they have many followers. Don't have that on my social media accounts. It's like I keep posting it to my Facebook little page on there. My Instagram page that has 200 followers. My Instagram has 300 some. My personal Instagram that I share the story. My Facebook page might have 300 likes. I shared on my Facebook, which is embarrassing, obviously. So my marketing scheme is not very good. There's a chance if you listen to the show, you probably know me pretty well. And if you're hanging in there, I appreciate it. You are, this is underground radio. I don't know, you know, I think you're going to want to be a part of it. It's something that's, uh, it, it won't be replicated, never duplicated. It's the project, it's the program, baby. It's episode number 55. Tuck your shirt into your shorts, cause it might get windy here, with what's going on. I was watching uh, Netflix the other day, and it's it's hard. I I'm in a big uh, kind of been buzzing around. You know, there's days I uh, there's days I don't have a lot to do during midweek when I don't have games and stuff. But I know I like to stay busy, and then you know I like to I like to get down for a movie, late night. It's usually hard to stay up for. Sometimes I don't know why. I feel like I'm an old man now, but I like to, you know, I like to get into a good flick at nighttime, and uh, it's hard to pick. It's just I hate like it. It can deter you from wanting to even watch a movie because with all these streaming services, we've all seen so many movies. It's so fucking hard to pick a movie. I think we can all relate to that. But it takes like a half an hour sometimes. If we're going to be honest, it takes half an hour. It's a half an hour process to, to pick a movie. So sometimes I just go on the Netflix top ten, and um, uh, Longest Yard was on there, and we were watching Longest Yard. And it's one of my favorite movies. Like, what a classic, absolute classic. I don't know when that was made, 2003 or whatever it was, but it's just so good. I have, def- that's a movie I can definitely say without a doubt, I've seen that 15 plus times. And uh, it's a great movie. Sadly, I don't think like they just won't make movies like that anymore. Anyways, there's a lot, there's a lot of racial stuff going on, obviously, in that movie, a lot of racial slurs. Like, it's a, you know, it's a movie about prison. It's uh just stuff that I, you just won't see be made on, on a film anymore. I was just thinking like if that movie was made today, the longest yard would have been made, remade for in 2022, it's like, you know when they all go to the game and everyone's cheering for the guards and like which I must admit, even at the time, you know the way the movie's set up, you obviously are rooting for the prisoners, obviously, the underdogs. But everyone's cheering for the guards. And in my head, even when I was watching the movie as a kid, I was like, I don't think everyone would be automatically on the guard side. I think everyone would be probably cheering for the fucking prisoners to begin with. But if that movie was to be made right now, it would be like, the advantage would be to the prisoners, for sure. Like, the prisoners would probably have the sick facility, and now it's like the cops would be, like, the ones getting fucked with. They'd be the ones, like, getting their their, their field flooded. They'd be the ones probably with ratty equipment now. If that if that was to be made again today. Imagine it was just roles reversed. I think a lot of people forget that The Longest Yard is a remake. The original is so good too. You got to watch the original. I forget the fucker's name. What's his name? Is it Burt Reynolds? I don't want to say it's Burt Reynolds if it's not Reynolds. It's something hilarious. The guy that's the coach in Longest Yard is Paul Crew in the original. This isn't news to many, but I think... A lot of people don't realize that it's a remake, and the original is an absolute classic as well. That is top five movies for for sure for me. It's an absolute classic, hilarious movie. I think what doesn't get enough attention is if, if, if there's never been a real breakdown of the game. The actual game of the guards against the mean machine. That, there's a lot that doesn't get talked about in that game. I don't remember what the final score was. But it was close, obviously. Came right down to that last touchdown where they went for it instead of just getting the field goal to tie it. But the first two plays, they got scored on for touchdowns when the boys were literally out there looking for death, looking just for kills. Remember how sick that scene is? The boys are coming down, they're just bodying people, they're blowing up guards, guards and ACLs are up in the fifth row. It's a funny scene. Like it's it's good. We all want them to go out there and just smash heads. But they go down, you know, fourteen rip right away. And then They come out, they're starting to finally play good. The refs are fucking with them. They can't get a call. And then they finally get a touchdown and things are looking good. It goes to halftime. And then the fucking warden comes and asks them to just completely throw the game. And then they get another two touchdown lead or whatever it is. And then the boys rally around, they claw back and they win by a game. Without all the, like, what if the boys just took it serious from the get go and just played football? It would have been an absolute routing for the mean machine. This is something that's never fucking talked about about this movie, but what a what a film I absolutely love it I could watch that movie I probably that's another movie. I've seen that 15 times and if you're thinking about hoping to live a long healthy life Easily one that could be watched 15 20 times more Think about that Think about the movies that we're gonna have to watch because I don't see a lot of promise coming I don't see a lot of promise coming I was listening to a little stat today yesterday i'm not 100 sure if this was including streaming services or tv providers on like standard cable networks but there are more tv shows that are scripted in production being created or being or out and available if that's the way you want to say it than any point in history which i guess I mean, it would make sense if it's including streaming services maybe with all the available viewing, we'll say. But if that's the case for standard cable TV, who the fuck's watching? But the case is to who's watching to begin with. Like I, I opened up Hulu the other day. They had um, How I Met Your Father was the first thing to click I said, How You Met Your Who? How, how I Met Your Father. Hillary Duff starring in it. Hillary Duff, lover. Lover her to death. Lindsay McGuire, my girl. But what are we doing? That's just lazy. Do you is there's no chance that show will ever be good. I've heard some people have watched it, I will not watch that show. There's no chance that's that show's that, that, How I Met Your Mother was barely fucking good. And you're gonna make a you're gonna how I met your father now? No. Please don't. Please don't do that ever. It's absolutely foolish. This is something pretty cool coming out of Calgary, Alberta. Um, read a little article about this today. Um, wanna see? I want to keep a little track on this. There's a pay-what-you-want market and cafe pilot that is launching. I believe it's launching this weekend. The Leftovers Foundation, in partnership with the YMCA Calgary and Fresh Roots, has launched Kin Market and Kin Cafe, where Calgarians have the opportunity to get fresh groceries under a pay-what-you-want model. Paul Anunazilo, holy Paul Anunazilio, project manager with Leftovers Foundation, says suggested pricing is offered, but ultimately it comes down to what the individual can pay and is willing to pay. A customer comes up and wants to order groceries or a coffee, there's some suggested pricing just for people's own frame of mind, but they can really give what they can what they can or give what they want. One of Left I'm sorry, I'm trying to read this article and it's, it's 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 wild. One of Leftovers Foundation missions is to increase across healthy food options for Calgarians, and that's what the pay what you want model does. A Nunezelio, they gotta do something different. I got an abbreviation for this guy's name. It says it will require everyone's participation to sustain. It's a really interesting model. It takes both groups of people. It will take people who may only have 5 to $10 for groceries that week, but it also takes the next person who is willing to step up and help give their neighbor maybe a little bit extra. This is the second week that the Market and Cafe are open to the public. Oh, it's already open. And this is a place to run the pilot project for... Th- there's plans to run the pilot project for three months. And if it is financially stable, it will stay open. It is on the YMCA at the Shaughnessy location on Saturday afternoons from 11 to 2 p.m., and on a Monday from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m., the Pay What You Want Kin Cafe Coffee Cart, which is volunteer-led, will be open at YMCA Shaughnessy from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. on weekdays. That's a co- that's a coffee cart, not, not the uh, market. To become a volunteer, Calgarians go to the Leftover Foundation or visit. Yada yada. Fuck off. That's kind of a cool concept. I didn't realize it was just uh, the markets for two days a week. From 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. and there's a there's a through there's a six hour window for this pay what you want market weekly i thought it was like a grocery store i wonder what that'll be like what if someone like like i I just can't wait till someone like what if some rich person just came in and just got a deal like what if some guy just rinsed it like he was like running low on something at his restaurant he just came in and got cheap produce at pennies on the dollar but what if this works out actually for its intention? That'd be pretty cool. I'm interested to see how that would actually play out. How does that work? Will they actually make money? And I want to know, like, it's great. It's a great cause, I believe. But the the, the time frame, I mean, the, co- the cafe cart's great. I'm sure they're getting a lot of coffee to people that need it in the cold. But the market, I don't know. Hopefully it works because, I, I mean, it'd be great to see more than six hours of that. But you know it's always it always just seems so easy you know it's like why why can't we just deal with like the you know the people in poverty it's like what's the answer it's like we are everyone just says like oh get a, get a, get away from under my bridge but it's like what the fuck do we actually do here to help people get off the street and i mean it's cool it's a new idea i've never heard of let's fucking go for it no huh give me a little you know give me a little hey hey little, whoosh, a little so that's cool good for you that's in calgary and uh yeah, I just saw that, uh, maybe other places do this too, but that's the first I've heard of that in, uh, you know, Canada, and definitely back home, good to see that something cool like that's going on in the home, the home, the hometown, you know, (coughs) sorry, holy cripes, that might be the Delta, (laughs) or the Omni, the Omni, if you know what I mean, um, saw something pretty hilarious yesterday, huge, huge snowstorm in, uh, Ontario, and, um, I caught this on TikTok, which is hilarious to think that this is how I saw this. And then now I'm hearing about on the news. But uh, premier, you know, there's governors in states, but in in Canada, for our provinces, there's uh, premiers. I got to reiterate these things, people. I don't think you realize how big of an American listenership is riding behind this project wave, okay? So you might be at home smirking into your Canadian cornflakes, but to that, I say shut up for a minute. Okay, there's uh, premiers are the uh, like leaders of the provinces. Anyways, Um, as you can imagine, um, I mean, any premier right now in a pandemic, I can imagine didn't have much of a chance to be liked. But uh, Dougie Ford has been having a pretty good term in terms of popularity. Not a very popular uh, man with the public right now. Um, You know, what, what the fuck? I mean... The way it's going in Canada, the decisions that are being made back and forth, back and forth all the time. I mean, you're not you're not going to be making too many people happy. But uh, this made me fucking piss myself. It just was like the to think that this was the time, and uh, apparently it was like the day. This is what I heard. It was the mor- the morning of the day this happened. There was approval ratings out that were just as you can imagine dismal for our old Dougie Ford up in the Premier premiership if that's what you call it. what the fuck that's not what you call it as the premier though there was some there was it was a tough look it was looking like he was below um the levels of approval for the public than the the, the former leader Kathleen Wynne who was almost brought out of office with like uh, an angry mob waiting for her at the bottom of the steps not people were not a fan of her um the popularity level is is there but he was caught he had a video of him um apparently he contacted a bunch of people to come um see him do this but he was out there helping out cars dig themselves out of the ditches which a lot of people were actually stuck and needed a lot of help and i mean i hope hope people were staying safe that weekend you know snowfalls can be nuts especially the fucking brutal roads when the snow gets bad around toronto those roads suck enough to begin with in those cities when you get that that heavy canadian snow and you get that all over toronto and the gta what a mess what a mess but dougie dougie out there Being the good man that he is, and I don't know if he was like. I don't know if there's as much malicious intent as that this has gotten. Like the people are pretty boiled over this, but he goes out there and he and he's he's using one of those shovels that is like you know you leave it in the back of your Corolla folded up in case you get stuck in the ditch one one winter, but he was using one of those like I think for the photo op. I thought it would have been a better look to get a larger shovel, a bit more of an impact, maybe to the person you're trying to dig out and maybe to the post itself the shovel just was a tough look big man holding a small shovel I don't know who his PR team is don't do that don't do that like maybe they thought about this on a limb and like this guy's just he's the premier and he keeps getting caught like on FaceTime like distracted driving like it's just hilarious this guy's awesome it's a it's a riot and it's like Canada so badly wants to be like the state's they want to so badly be like America, where like there's these headline moments, like fucking Dougie out there in the snowbank with his boots up to his tits, like anyone gives a flying shit. And it it was funny. I just thought it was wild. And um, if anyone remembers Sid Shazario, I'm saying it totally wrong. Sid Sixario, I might, if I'm saying it right, from Tim and Sid on Sportsnet, loved that show. Missed that program. Uh, it's Tim and Friends now, and Tim is a great. Great man, I like him. He's a good broadcaster. I had Tim McAuliffe I'm sure I've mentioned this before on this show, but I had Tim McAuliffe on my former podcast, which was a uni- podcast for my uh, university called the Lake Show. Um, we had him on once, and he was a cool guy. Like you know, he's an, I, I really respect him, and I always loved him and Tim and Sid. And when S- when Sid was, uh, I think he just got gassed because uh, sportsman had to make all those cuts. Um, Because they are doing an awful job running that fucking joint up there in Canada. And he was one of the guys that got axed. And, you know, he probably made a lot of money. He was one of their good guys on on a good show that they were offering. And it was a big loss, I think, to sports media in general. But in Canada, definitely. Um, And I think a lot of people were pissed by that. But I think it's an upgrade, honestly, that he's now... I think he's with Breakfast TV in Toronto. And I don't think that's a nationally known show but I mean in terms of Toronto being the biggest city by far in, in, in Canada he's probably got a really good following and he just blasted Dougie about this and if anyone loved him and Sid he was really good at going on great rants and if you know him this was a mid mild-hearted rant on the prime minister but he laid into him pretty good and it was uh you know it was pretty refreshing and, and you know it felt like almost because you know Sid Sid and I keep wanting to say his last name, but I don't want to butcher it out of respect to Sid. But he gave him a good blast. And and um, I just don't think you see that from other mainstream media, if we'll call that. This was a CTV production, I believe, so that's mainstream media. But you just don't see that honesty, that integrity. So I think it's, you know, it's good for him. I wish he was on something like the CBC or something like that. But I don't think uh, they'd allow someone to speak like that very often. And one thing I also really loved, whoever his co-host was – when, they, when he ended his rant, usually, you know, your co-host, nowadays especially, with something like that going on, you'd quickly change the subject to the next story. You might cover commercial, but she then quickly gave her two cents in and agreed with her colleague, and, you know, it doesn't always have to be disagreements on the air and in, in radio and in general. It was just kind of cool to hear two, two people on the same page, and, I mean... I don't know if you'd hear that uh, treatment about anyone on on the other side of the scale, but I mean I don't really give a shit about politics to begin with. This is not a political podcast as we all duly rightly know. You know, but it was funny. I just thought what a fucking idiot. Like who like what did, what did Doug Ford think was like how did he think people were going to react to this? But the problem is like you got to realize like there's probably like a demographic of people that could have seen that on the nightly news that don't like there's so many people that still in this world yeah everyone's involved in social media and stuff but there's still tons of people that aren't and don't see all the twitter revolt the the social media backlash and those people are voting that's why these guys you know this ain't going to change that's why i laugh it's everyone hates dougie ford everyone hated kathleen Wynne. everyone hated the other party it's only going to be one of those two parties that are going to get in and everyone hates them so it's kind of a hilarious system when you look at it at the end of the day don't think it works very well do I have a solution to it no I don't but it's just comical no it's very comical um this is going to be comical I want to see this this is um again we're not a political podcast folks I cannot reiterate that enough but there is a convoy of transports starting out of BC there's a group coming from Nova Scotia and as the one comes through on through the prairies and through Ontario on their way to Ottawa, which I guess they want to get there sometime in the middle of next week. They want to protest the new mandate that all truckers have to be vaccinated to cross the border. If you're a Canadian unvaccinated crossing the border, I believe right now the ruling is as of Saturday that if you do not have a vaccination, you need a molecular test on site, or you have to quarantine. And if you're an American trucker, you're just turned around altogether. So... This was recent. Everyone's obviously being mandated to get vaccinations, but this was a demographic that I don't think a lot of people will pay attention to ever in general. And one that I think that uh, if these guys start making some some noise here, uh, you're going to notice it at the local grocer. When you go to get your mini wheats and your little vanilla almond soy do fat latte milk to dump that in there with your fat mop. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of scared. I don't feel like we shouldn't fuck with these. Like At the end of the day, I don't know. I'm not the one to speak on the vaccine. I don't give a shit about this stuff, to be honest, because it's just it's over my head. It's all all anyone talks about. So I could give a fuck to talk about it on the show. But it's gonna be interesting to see what's gonna happen here. I I hear I I see a lot of it on social media. See none of it through mainstream news. Social media obviously makes it seem like it's gonna be this huge fucking thing. They're GoFundMe, they have a GoFundMe page for this convoy of truckers that are going across and it's, it's already reached apparently like over $600,000 I believe. $600,000 for their lodging for their food, for their gas like that. think about all these trucks, it's going to be a lot of gas it's going to be a lot of boys it's going to be a lot of people in Ottawa what's Justin going to do? what's Justin going to do? breaker breaker one niner we're going to cling clear to Justin's town come on Canada. You going, going for to Justin's neck? 10 Prime 10 Minister, they're coming for you. I'm gonna get you. We're gonna get you. Someone gonna get you. I know who's gonna get you, but someone gonna get you by now. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Whoa, sorry, that was wild. Um, but no, truckers are very important. Very important, and there's there's a lot of them. But I always ask people, how many truckers do you know? It's a personal question I ask people sometimes, seriously do. How many truckers do you know? Usually not many people know any. I have an uncle that's a trucker, so I feel like I've gotten a little bit of a glimpse, went on a couple rides with him as a kid. I know how hard he works, how many hours he puts in, how, uh, that's a job that's not for everyone, but we need many of them. So a lot of respect to the truckers. So I'm going to be paying attention to this scenario with the convoy, the cross-Canadian tour of all our truckers uh god bless them and i hope uh whatever they you know they get what they're looking for you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying so we just go, we uh, we gotta see what's gonna happen here you know what i mean <laughs> anyways folks um but if they they don't want to be vaccinated we need truckers i don't think we should stop them at this point the vaccine doesn't seem to do much so i mean who cares i'm vaccinated some people aren't um i mean it sucks i don't know there's no right or wrong right now you know what i mean i don't i'm not talking about this i mean i'm not ta- i don't know the answers clearly no one does so why are we keep going back and forth no one's no one's got it figured out but i'm reading this article i'm reading it on uh, the national post and as i'm reading it i see the top trending article of the day is uh jordan peterson why i am no longer a tenured professor at the university of toronto i clicked on it uh, this came out yesterday uh, the appalling ideology of diversity, inclusion, and equity is demolishing education and business. It's a 10-minute read. It's available on the National Post. I, I, I say you go give it a read. Honestly, like, I totally didn't realize he was even a fucking professor at the University of Toronto, so that shows where my head is um, in the sand. But he's a very well-known person. I feel like um, I got a decent amount of American listeners. I think they all know who Jordan Peterson is. He's uh, been on a lot of podcasts um, well-spoken individual, very, uh, smart guy. So, you know, when you read the article, get ready for some big words that just, you know, make it hard to digest for us common folk. But, uh, basically he just said he's leaving the university, basically blaming on the new woke movement. And he said he's a big, uh, he, he just said he couldn't deal with all the, uh, I guess woke, ness is basically what he kept saying over and over again, but um, it's interesting. This is this is this is kind of wild. I I wonder he he kind of shames a bunch of his professors for saying like he gives in to that they're giving in to you know beliefs that are not their own. Like a lot of universities, we all know how it was. I was a recent graduate. There's a lot of um, as an athlete, I had to go to a bunch of. Uh, it was called like I don't even know how they worded it, but it was basically we'd go and they would tell us about the how to speak to women and very uncomfortable settings where they like have us with they put the men's hockey team at the university I went to and the men's basketball team and they uh, one exercise I did was um, this is what he's referring to but this is an example from my own life uh, they made us all give examples of derogatory words that we might call another man to degrade him and it was just like weird shit like they were just like i understand the purpose of it and i understand it's like intent and there are definitely educational things we can do to like sexual violence and those things need to happen but when it's like the i don't know if the anti- like the anti-racism, the uh, anti-acceptance, all this stuff, like these workshops that are being mandatory. You know, I don't know if they're necessary either. But, I mean, I understand the cause of education that we need to inform people. But this was a big proponent of what he was against. But um, he goes on to say that just essentially he he just thinks it's it's now – You know, there's media companies. I don't know what's the what he quoted someone, a big uh, publisher from the states, that by next year they want to have 40% BIPOC. Am I saying that right? Like people of color, um, you know, uh, people of different sexualities, whatever, what have you. And he, he, you know, he highlights that how he feels like the students he's teaching. He's not he's not teaching for people to be the best anymore. It's just like he's. It's almost like you're just teaching people to be accepted into what's now like a norm. It's kind of like the idea that I was getting of it. He brings up uh, environmental, social, governance scores, which are supposed to um, assess a corporate's a corporation's moral responsibility, but then these scores that can dramatically affect an enterprise's financial viability, but are not really related to anything other than like he's basically comparing that to like China's social credit system. Like he kind of goes off hard in this article, Jordan. So now, I guess, what's the term that he he calls himself? He is now uh, not a pro- he's a tenured professor, a professor at the University of Toronto. But now he is a professor emeritus. Emeritus. E M E R I T U S. Emeritus. You know, I love a lot of what Jordan Peterson says. Um, he has like great motivational talks, but a lot of things about psychology, about why your brain works, about why. Uh, people can be you know good in scenarios why you know he just he's a psychologist and he breaks down I, I've, I've always enjoyed his videos but I've always through this entire time I've always um, I understand why people don't like him but this whole like he, he always kind of brings it back to like he's always like white he always it's almost like he thinks that like you know people are racist against white people and I, you know that's his response to the way that people have gone about you know the new means of acceptance that we've all gotten accustomed to in this new generations we've been a part of. And, you know, obviously, thankfully we are a part of a generation that's not, you know, as racist as ones in the past, not saying that racism doesn't exist anymore. But when he always comes shooting off the white racism, I'm like, dude, like, come on. Like, I'm really digging your article, but when you start not like kind of playing the victim card, like he's kind of was insinuating that he's been canceled. And it's like, no, you're not canceled, but you're, you're kind of like a, you have a lot of a following now. Like a lot of people online are not going to agree with you. Look at anyone, like, I don't even want to say Joe Rogan because everyone brings him up, but like a lot of people don't agree with Joe Rogan. He doesn't really seem to give a fuck. This guy shouldn't have really given a fuck. But I'm imagining at U of T, I don't know what U of T would be like. Like my school was pretty liberal, my university, which I imagine most of them are. It's almost like, I feel like if you're a conservative, if you're a conservative minded, like, you know, you don't really like, You're not dying to let people know that at a university. certainly wasn't like that in Canada. I think the whole political thing is stupid. And, like, I I honestly don't care about it. I I couldn't care about it at all. But um, I don't think that's really what Jordan Peterson is getting into. But he refers to the left liberal woke movement over and over and over again, it seems like, in this article. And I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. I wonder what his, you know, he, he you don't, he's probably going to be a little more crazy. I didn't know this whole time he was a tenured professor. What if he just goes completely off the rails? He just becomes like a, he gets on the bottle and he makes his own little pod. He has a podcast, doesn't he? He just starts letting it fly. Him and Alex Jones make a new, a new website. He joins Infowars. The internet blows up wild times we're a part of folks. It really is. I can't reiterate that enough. It's just fun to be around. Just fun to be a part of. All right. I got a little technical, I guess on this podcast, talked about some serious shit that we, this is not really what we do, but that's what we did here on episode 55. I'm really going to try and get a couple guests here. It's time to have one on and uh, have a conversation about uh, something that we all need to hear. You know what I mean? But I think 55 was a good one. I think we covered a lot. And, um, I know that I do, I, I mentioned to my American viewer who is on here listening, I thank you. Uh, I talked a lot about Canadian stuff today, but it's just kind of like, you know, it's funny stuff, kind of relates to either, but uh, just uh, hope you're all doing well, you know, and um, just doing this for the love of the game, folks, okay? So thank you for listening, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to get better, and um, when I have the means, uh, this show will just, it's going to take off. I feel like I've said that in so many show uh, in so many episodes, and I'm going to keep saying it. You know what I mean? You speak it into existence, I guess. Is that the saying? Thanks for joining me, folks, for episode 50, 55. 55. 55. 55. Um, we're going to be back for 56 next week. So thank you. Um, I, I bid you all well. Okay? So thank you very much. Talk to you later. Bye for now.